Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. I had a lot of extra time before this this podcast that we were going to record, and um, I was trying to think of what to talk about and you know it's always like how can I can I bring some of these things back to Zen and it was a little hard for me because to think about because I just don't feel very Zen lately how do you know that I mean I think I'm equating it a lot with just being stressed out Hmm. and also just not having practice to the extent that I that I want to lately uh, and wanting no, I do want to like I I had there I have this desire that I'm gonna like uh, practice more, and I kind of want to like you know really set up a good routine and, and ritual. And I think sometimes you know when you're feeling like this, that is that it can be a really good time to set up something, you know, set yeah. up a ritual, begin to like start deepening your practice a little bit more. But yeah, at the moment it was just hard for me to 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 feel like I can talk about Zen right now when I feel like I'm not doing it. I'm not mm. doing I'm not being and I'm not embodying the the Zen feeling. I feel like my hair's like all frazzled like <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. You know like when people draw cartoon characters and they're kind of stressed out and their hair is like all sticking yes. up. Yes. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. As though there's like electricity coming out of their head that's frying them. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um, And it just seems like when you start getting stressed out, like every single area, at least this is how I experience it, but every single area of my life starts kind of like uh, turning into chaos. (laughs) Like I I would get stressed out and, um, you know, my stomach problems start getting worse. Uh, my, my joints start hurting more, especially my wrist right now because I've been using it a lot more. So that's been hurting. And then, um, and then like my skin will break out and then, you know, like my husband and I might like start to argue, mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> like one of us is off balance or maybe both of us. Cause sometimes it does kind of seem to happen that way. Like when one of us is off balance, the other one, uh, starts to start shifting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, oh, I have, you know, I have a podcast and we're going to talk about Zen every day and, or not every day, every week. And, um, what, what do I talk about when I'm, when I'm frazzled? Mm. Mm. <laughs> and being frazzled is not, being frazzled doesn't feel Zen to you. It doesn't feel Zen to me. I think it's an opportunity to, maybe deepen your practice or it but it doesn't feel zen (laughs) Mm. zen i feel like is like oh i'm i like oh everything around me is frazzled but i still feel (laughs) serene i mean i i know that's probably not correct it's just that's that's how it feels and it, it almost feels like if i if i get off balance then i'm not then i'm not doing like the zen thing i'm not doing good or something Mm. well it's interesting that you you preempted what I was going to say by saying this is probably not correct. And what I was going to say was I'm very hesitant to bring 
like words and teachings in response to what you're saying, because that is not our, our way. It's not, it's not the Zen way to be like, well, it says in the book of whatever that you should not <laughs> be this way, but like that's that. And, and so, so I was going to qualify before even going there by saying, I'm not saying this is an answer for you or a, or a way to help you or fix it mm-hmm. or something. But what is, what, what do, what does the idea that Zen teaches about samsara being nirvana and everything being practice and frazzled being enlightenment do for you if anything in when you're in a place like this well i mean i think that even in the very beginning the way that the reason i gravitated towards zen is because you know i had you know pretty bad anxieties and it 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 gave me some solutions that were some practical ideas that I could use to kind of combat some of that uh, thinking. Mm-hmm. So, and and they were always, you know, like very, you know, compassionate towards yourself, compassion, compassionate towards others, um, not trying to control things, you know, letting things be the, the way that they are. And I think when you're mm-hmm. under a lot of stress, like, I think that's when things are not in your control and um, you're struggling against the idea or you're struggling to regain some sort of power, maybe. Like, if it was okay that everything was in disarray, I don't think I would be very stressed out mm. or that. Yeah, it just feels like the uh, it feels like the ideal is to not let those things affect you and to just allow things to be in disarray and not in your control and uh, not be anxious about that. And when you do let it affect you, it feels like that's not very Zen. So the solutions in the form of ideas are not, are not working for you. They're not, they're not what you want. They're not what you're looking for. Well, I guess they could work if you have a second to think about them. Mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> but I think when you're like kind of stressed out like there's also this kind of lack of time to do yeah. things to fix the the stress problem. It's like, you know, every second of your day being accounted for mm-hmm. um and then all of those seconds kind of not being in your control and then you have to just kind of go to sleep and wake up and redo that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the time to try to apply those solutions? I mean, I think there is. There's going to be. There's uh, there's going to be that chance. I just haven't had that chance in a few weeks. Mm. <laughs> I think now's the chance, but... <laughs> you mean now, like right now, like talking to me? Well, I just mean like now that things have calmed down, but oh. we're also talking about it, so that's helpful. Yeah. I mean that that's that's a that's a I think a perfectly interesting way for us to go looking at this is you know you you were talking about coming into recording kind of not knowing what to talk about due to not feeling like zen as the subject was very present for you and zen practice have having something central to do with it, a lack of time or, or, or energy or whatever it is that that's lacking. Well, I want to like come 
to these podcasts with this, you know, something that I can share, some like practical uh, knowledge that maybe I've experienced. And, you know, obviously I want to keep it humble because I really don't know that much. So Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's kind of like where we're coming from as as householders that totally. we don't have the chance to practice uh sitting uh eight hours a day i don't know how how often monks sit to be honest but uh <laughs> several that, hours a they day. probably do that some of the time <laughs> yeah so we may be in some ways more inexperienced than like non-householder practitioners monks whatever so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's maybe what's appealing about the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also think that there's this kind of nice, like, well, this is what I've experienced. And, uh, you know, here's some practical knowledge that I've obtained that I can share with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, obviously, I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. So mm-hmm. it's not in that way, not in that, like, I'm going to teach you something. It's more like just sharing. So... I guess here I am sharing that uh, I'm full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you you feel like you're not coming tonight with anything to share because you haven't been in a Zen mode. Is that kind of what you mean? Yes. So I, I want to push back on what you just said in a couple of ways. The first about being less experienced than monastics, uh, less experienced at in terms of zazen hours certainly but it's zazen my hours yeah you know it's I like mean, we're clocking it in right well and i i'm i'm using that kind of tongue-in-cheek because i don't you know it's and sensei's always you know super quick to remind me i don't know how i mean he, he talks pretty publicly about it i think about the the quantifiable aspects of practice not being as important as the as the quality of it and so zazen hours aren't really that big of a deal you know compared to sort of the quality that goes into practice and and i believe that to a certain extent but of course i believe also that sitting and practicing as rigorously as monks do like there's a depth of practice that's you know that that's more available in a monastic situation certainly but one of my core reasons for wanting to do this show in the first place is a belief that being frazzled and 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 getting through it and getting more and more skillful at it frazzled as a shorthand for all the stuff that we deal with in our stressful daily lives that, you know, that you're feeling so hard right now, uh, is that, that is, I mean, every in, in a, in the sense that every moment is an opportunity for Zen practice. I believe that everybody has an equal amount of experience, you know, like for per unit of time alive but then also mm-hmm. i think that the particular stresses and difficulties of being a householder have their own unique quality of teaching and practicing that we are really serious and committed to as people who are zen practitioners who have chosen this way of practicing but that's not to say that it's that being a being a householder living a normal householder life is inherently zen practice and that you don't have to sort of put that initial preparatory level of zen practice in in order to have mm-hmm. the foundation for it and so that tension i certainly certainly understand and you know that that is uh 
you know, a really hard problem for the people who do the kind of practice that we do is that it does take a little bit of time and energy. And sometimes it feels like we have no time and energy uh, at all. Yeah. I mean, and then there's this idea for me anyway, that, that I have to always be making progress. Mm. Um, that it's almost like it's like I'm going to school or something like mm-hmm. that. So you got to be like constantly learning something and that you got to be constantly getting better at the craft of uh, Zen practice, if that's yeah. a craft. Um, I, it sounds great. And <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I can look back. Uh, I was actually, I was reminded of some, some I guess, how I how of anxiety how much anxiety I had in the past Mm. and I'm I'm grateful that I that I don't anymore but there's there's also like I don't think that that's always linear like you I don't know that you can expect that just because you have worked on yourself and that you you know you know you like incorporated this practice that really that really helped calm like your mind and your anxieties that it's always going to be an upward mm-hmm. trajectory after that. Um, and I'm, I'm afraid sometimes like when I do get really stressed out, like what if it just, you know, mm. I just regress backwards. You start going backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then mm. like, if I'm going backwards, then um, it's like, well, all that time spent like trying to make progress, but mm. Again, you're not really supposed to be making progress on anything, but it, it's hard to get out of that mindset that that's what you're you're doing. That's sure. what you're trying to accomplish sure. when you're sitting, when you're being part of the community. You want to get better. You want to think like, I'm sitting so that I can be the best individual that I can be and do no harm to other people. And mm-hmm. sometimes I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to physically do any harm to anybody, but I, I think emotionally it can be very easy to do if you're not in a place where you are you know sitting and introspecting and uh, thinking about those things regularly yeah that that notion of progress is really you're right it's really hard to avoid and you know i i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i've gotten past it at at all just that maybe i found a different way of looking at it and maybe this will be helpful to you but even if not, like it's just, it's it's just a way of sort of introducing what I what I think we could really talk about here. The way I experience the progress along the path these days is more just about continual opening to what's happening in my life. That you know, uh, the progress is sort of the inevitable part, the inexorable part. It's just like I'm growing older. I'm uh, like things are changing. Life is getting more difficult in certain ways, you know, more complicated Mm -hmm. in many ways. That's just happening to me. And I'm continuing to wake up in the morning and go deal with it. And, and that itself feels like a kind of progress that isn't even like, it is up to me to rise to it, but it's not, it's not that the Zen practice is improving as I go. It's that continuing to get up and do the thing I do while life gets more intense has this automatic progress effect. It's just like progress, like a progress bar, like the percentage of my life that is completed is going up. And so like the, 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 the trick, the hard part, it's not about training 
it's not it's not about improving the quality of samadhi or something like that it's not about deeper and deeper states of practice it's just about finding ways to keep going despite life getting more intense this way like and finding new ways finding ways to adapt the practice that i have if it needs to change to due to circumstances or what have you and you know there are a lot of circumstances there are a lot of changes and a lot of adaptations that have to be made and some of it comes in the form of adjusting sitting practice or you know you know finding a different time or sitting for more or less time but i'm finding whole new zen practices that i wasn't aware of before and that I do, that I may not have related to as Zen practices before. And, and I think the one, this is actually the other one I wanted to say earlier. I think that, that I want to raise the prospect of what we're doing right now is Zen practice. And, and, and I mean it on the level of us doing this, like coming together at this set time to have this set conversation uh, about Zen sort of no matter where we're at, you know, there's a sort of zazen like quality to that too right like no matter where our heads at we have the thing so we come together and we do it and we and and we bring whatever zen we've got even if it's not very much at all but but there's but there's also another level of of it that i think we're doing that's even that right now that's even deeper than just coming and doing it anyway like regardless of where we're at which is we're processing it together and there are various modes in our school of Zen for processing what's happening out loud with another person. They're usually with a teacher. There aren't that many opportunities to sit with another member of the Sangha in a sort of formal way and talk about the path, but we've created one. <laughs> this is, this is one that we're doing right now. And the challenges that you're bringing that you're feeling are super real. And I, I sympathize tremendously with them, but I also feel like we're working through our challenges by talking and that should count as Zen. Does it count? Do you think it counts? Does it feel like it counts? Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think that almost comes back to our, one of the last discussions that we had with about devotion and mm -hmm. commitment to mm -hmm. the practice, uh, which is, kind of a practice in itself or at least that's what maybe drives the practice and maybe that's that's enough when you don't have anything else what about you talking and me listening and me talking and you listening how different is that from sitting still and listening to yourself talk until the talk runs out you know yeah i mean i i, I guess i could i could see that it's like i'm at least you know, open to what's happening at the moment mm -hmm. and accepting that even if I don't like it. And You don't like it? No, not, I mean, do you like it when you're stressed out? I mean, I'm not saying I, I do like, I, I do like being on the podcast and talking. So I guess in this exact moment, yeah, like I don't actually feel bad anymore. Okay, good. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and, and no, and I, I guess that kind of gets back to it. Like even when you're like really frazzled and stressed out, it's actually not a hundred percent of the time. Right. There's several moments throughout the day where you're not stressed out. Whether or not this is fixing it right now, you and me sitting here talking, uh, fixing this situation that you're currently in. It, it feels like it does help it, it it does help me 
in general to sit and talk through what's been coming up in the past week with you once a week. Yeah. And so I, I wonder if maybe what we should actually be talking about is sitting and talking at length face to face about what's coming up as a Zen practice that we don't really have, that we don't really do. I mean, there's so many teachings about not talking about it, you know, and, right. and, and, and that's, that's important on some level because I think that what the real teaching is, is don't talk about the good stuff. Don't talk about the things that the mind blowing truths that you encounter because you'll ruin them. But there's, there's a limiting factor to that. There's a limiting, like there's a restriction in that, that makes it hard to actually process what's happening with people. And it feels like a very householder mode of practice to sit and talk. There's that idea of progress again, right? Like, hmm. If you're not currently doing well, then maybe you haven't been a good Buddhist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've I've heard plenty of people tell me about their past uh, problems and behaviors and stuff that Zen fixed, uh, mm. but they never say like when they're actually like going through it again. <laughs> mm. Oh, oh, I see what you mean by bad Buddhist. Like you don't want to show that you have feelings and are stressed out to other Buddhists because you're afraid. I'm not saying you. I just mean like there's a there's a right. social pressure that if you if we were to get together and talk about how hard it is like you and I are doing right now, we might give away that we're not all completely dispassionate equanimous Buddhas with no problems. And yeah. and, and that's not why we became Buddhists. We became Buddhists so that everybody would think that about us. Yeah, or or maybe that we would be that way, but yeah, I don't well, know no, yes. how attainable that I don't know how attainable that is. Uh. Well, I I would I would say it sounds ridiculous when we put it like this. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not subject to these forces that that I want people to think of me as like a very, you know, calm, you know, un, non-attached, uh, present, not stressed out person. I definitely do want that. And and Zen practice is definitely part of becoming that. It's not just about being seen. It's about not wanting to be like that. And Zen practice is a component of the things I do to try not to be Mm -hmm. like that. But I, I, I think that there might be, and this could be one of these just Western people problems, but there's a, there's a fallacy here about keeping it bottled up in order to appear like it's not there. And it feels to me like you and me letting it out with each other in this trusting environment is a key part of of not bottling it up. Like, who else are we going to share with? Like, of course, we can share it with Sensei. I don't feel I like I I sit, I, I don't pretend to be a calm, dispassionate Buddhist when I have Dokusan with Sensei. That's that's not what that space is for. And if you if you're pretending, he can tell. Mm-hmm. But 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 just talking to a teacher, just talking to a uh, a person who wants to talk to you in the language of a lifetime of Zen practice, that's a good way to sort of see down the road of what, uh, of how I might relate to my Zen practice differently as time goes on. But that's not the same as sitting with somebody, you know, who's a peer who's going through the same kind of stuff from their own different life and, and letting it out with each other. And now that we're doing it, I realized that I've never really done it before with anybody in the sort of practice group like this. You know, mm-hmm. I've got friends that I talk to this way, but I don't have the shared context of the thing we're working on together that I do with you. And it seems really important now that I think about it. 
Yeah, and then and and that's the other end is like uh sharing that I I might feel like you will try to like uh lecture me or something. <laughs> like all right, well have you thought about like, you know, this this and this, you mm -hmm. know? And I was like, well, yeah, I I've, I've I know those talking points, you know? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I've I've heard, you know, I've read, I've read books. I've heard people say those things before. Mm -hmm. um, you might have even said those things to someone. Yeah, <laughs> to someone else. <laughs> and uh, maybe that's not really what you want want to hear when you're, um, when you're, you yourself are um, a, a Buddhist who's going through that. Totally. That's kind of the problem with doing it in Dokusan, right? Is because inevitably some Dogen line is going to relate to it. And that's what we're going to be talking about. I mean, that's not really how Sensei rolls, but like that's, it, it's still in this context of like, I should be thinking about the teachings. I should be thinking about whatever. And, and what I f think we both know is that the real thing, the real life that we're living and trying to do Zen at the same time is not inside of Zen somehow. It's not like Zen is the world and the the stress that we're having and the feelings that we're having are all exist inside of some kind of Zen hologram. It's that Zen is one frame that we look through at our life and then it breaks sometimes. And when you say you're not feeling very Zen, you know, there's something healthy about that, I think. Because if you felt Zen all the time, where where would the rest of your life go? <laughs> I, I don't know. I never thought about that. <laughs> I, I never really thought about it either. It's just that, I mean, I do, I think about it sometimes when we have conversations about Zen. I mean, you know, you know one way it's often f framed is Zen is not a religion. And I don't believe that. We've talked about that before. It's, it's, it's not, it, it, what I think people really mean when they say stuff like that is Zen is not, Zen is not an object. Zen is not a, uh, a a discrete thing. It's just it's just a way of being, and and it's not a theology. Yeah, well, sure. It's certainly not an explanation for things, and it's not skillful to use Zen all the time to try and fit your life into it. When life is just overloading this sort of Zen framework. It seems like it's actually the proper Zen attitude to drop the framework and deal with the with the thing that's actually happening, right? What's the difference between not Zen and Zen then? Like <laughs> as a practice, even if the practice is your life. Well, I don't mean drop the practice. I don't mean stop sitting, and I don't mean stopping doing the forms that keep our life on the rails that we call by the name of zen what i mean is stop feeling zen about them <laughs> and and <laughs> and the the for, like the things that we do in our practice are parts of ourselves they're 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 what they're just what we do and who we are and when they don't show up when when those parts of ourselves aren't there and we're not we're not going to the cushion that's who we are at that moment too. But you could say that who we really are or who we want to be is the one that does go to the cushion. But when we go to the cushion, we're not doing Zen. We're doing us. 
and yeah. and the the pressure imposed on us about what it is and what it means to be zen or do zen is inhibiting not only the rest of our life where we're feeling stressed and wishing we were being zen but it's also inhibiting that sitting to feel like oh this is my time to be zen like no this mm. is your time to be you not being stressed right. out and not doing the stuff that's stressing you out and the zen will reassert itself as the way of being yourself returns to its original nature which is a which is a thing we relate to using zen even explaining it that way it's like well isn't the original nature seems like good <laughs> and then the stress seems bad because it's not original nature mm. see i don't believe that i don't believe that i don't believe that there is anything that doesn't have that original nature the stress is uh is a response to a situation and the it may not be the right response but it is the response if you feel mm -hmm. it right and th there are there are skills that we know that we're practicing that we're working on for taking one second or five seconds or two minutes to let that stress pass through and return to a state of poise and you know care and not and and non-reactivity but the stress is the thing that gives us the opportunity to do that right mm, yeah for sure maybe we, we wouldn't want to do it in the first place probably yeah i mean like you've you've said it in, in so many ways like the things that brought us to zen in the first place we're wanting wanting to work on those kinds of patterns and so here they are to work on Right. Uh, and this yeah. this is this is my whole point about householder practice being as rigorous as monastic practice, just to add different things. In the monastery, you have the incredible stresses of the schedule and the work and the sitting, endless, endless sitting. Those are incredibly stressful experiences, but they're all designed experiences to help you deepen Zen practice in a formal way. We as householders, instead, we get total chaos and insanity and stress. The things that you go to the monastery to get away from <laughs> jumping out at us all the time and giving us opportunity after opportunity to be a complete Zen master. And we miss 99 out of 100 times. But as long as we have that basic foundation of just readiness to take the hit when it comes and get out of the way if we're fast enough, the, 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 the opportunity comes from this not Zen stuff to do Zen practice. And so I'm not, and I'm not saying be grateful for all the things that are stressing you out. Like that's that you can be, that can happen later once you've succeeded at getting past them and don't feel stressed out anymore. But yeah. like, the 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 way the only way i can find to keep going in a in a long period of stress which of course all of us are in an extraordinarily long longer than anyone maybe <laughs> has ever felt before period of a very acute stress right the only way to keep up to keep it up is to just 
see it as an opportunity to endure and, and hope is part of it for me. I hope that it's making me stronger. I hope that it's giving, that it's giving me more resilience in my practice to be dealing with this much. And I don't think, and this is the key difference between me and this Buddhist ideal that I certainly recognize that we've been talking about of like the perfectly poised, natural, calm, unstressed out person. I don't think that it is normal or natural to, to take like a huge load of stress on and then be okay with it. Like I think getting messed up by difficulties in life is pretty understandable and the, and, and being tired of it and sick of it and freaked out by it is, is a, is, is just what being human is like. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it would be great to be less like that, but if you're not let, if you're, if that's how you are, that's how you are. And I still think there's an opportunity for Zen practice at the bottom of that heap, that mess that you end up as at the end of the, of the day like that. And it's the opportunity to forgive yourself and take care of yourself. Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at aszc.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.